0: It's time to go live at Lucian Live 2022 in Denver, Colorado, April 10th through 13th at the Denver Convention Center. Discover the innovative solutions, transformative insights, and strong connections to help you lead through change. Register at slash lucianlive live and catch Elvin and I recording on site live. We can't wait to see all of you. It's time. LeadSquared is a cutting edge CRM platform for enrollment management. With LeadSquared, you will deliver a seamless student experience, streamline admissions processes, lower costs, and increase retention. Schedule a demo at leadsquared.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to ed up on the EdUp Experience podcast, where we make education Your business. Dr. Joe Salustio here with you again. Another great episode as we continually move towards 400. If you can believe it, some days I can't believe it. 400 episodes coming up of this podcast. I don't know who our 400th guest is going to be, but we should probably make it pretty special. Although every time we hit 100, it's like 100, 200, 300. They come so fast, it's like we can't plan. Um, Right now, um, when this episode airs, uh, we'll probably be sometime in February or so. Uh, but we will have had guests booked until September of 2022 at this point. It is insane. Um, and we're talking to tons of people adding to the value of higher education with opinion. We have ridiculously insane guest co-hosts. I have one with me today. He's ridiculous and insane and smart uh, at the same time. And we continually bring on guests giving you extremely unique and necessary perspectives on the current and future states of higher education. But before we bring in the guest, of course, I've got to bring in my guest host. Um, I'm guest co-host today. Um, he is uh, amazing. He is the senior vice president at Dignity Health. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jeffrey Roche. (laughs) Jeffrey, what's happening?
1: Doing very well, Joe. What's happening on your end? Uh,
0: You know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, you know, I just started my new uh, gig recently at Lindenwood University Global, trying to stand up a huge online division. Uh, You know, it's like getting uh, atomic bombs going off all around you of information that you're trying to absorb. What What are you up to?
1: Keep him busy, you know, trying to make sure we help all the healthcare workforce of uh, not just the United States, but globally as well. So uh, definitely keep him busy and congrats again on your awesome new job. We know you're going to, we know you're going to excel. So,
0: well, I'm going to be calling in favors to you, Jeffrey, to help me. So you I better get, get ready. You better get ready. Give me your cell phone. Cause I'm just going to blow you up for Alvin. Jeffrey, come help me. Cause this is a, you know, we'll, we'll make it work though. We'll make it work. I' um, first
1: visit to Missouri.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. We'll bring you in the winter. Do you want to come in the summer or the winter?
1: Definitely. Well, I'm not so sure. I'm not sure when it's tornado season there. So
0: yikes. Well, we will. We'll make sure to bring you in the prime time, where you don't have to worry about the weather. Um, and you know, we we had this is the second time you've guest co-hosted with me, Jeff. We had a great conversation uh, on the first episode that will come out sometime. Probably already came out when when we're uh, when this recording comes out. Uh, but I have a feeling, a good feeling, that today. We will have an amazing conversation with our guest, Dr. Angelita Howard. She's the Assistant Dean for Online Education and Expanded Programs at Morehouse School of Medicine. Angelita, what's happening?
2: Hey, how are you?
0: Oh, I'm great. How are you?
2: I'm doing wonderful. Happy to be here. The sun is shining. It's a great fire.
0: You're fire already. You're bringing me fire. heat. I can, fire. I can feel it. Yes. I can feel it. Absolutely. And what's great. the weather great. like where? You, you. What's the weather like where you're at right now?
2: Oh, today it's about uh, in the 50s, early 50s. So I'm sure it is totally cold, much colder where you are. So.
0: <laughs> well, I'm in so Southern you're... Cal. I'm in Southern California right now. It's going to be a very chill 71. So you know. Um, because of course, my my gig, my new gig, Angelita, is in Missouri. Yeah. But I my kids are in school in Southern Cal, so I got to do a little back and forth. You know, oh, I got to see the kids.
2: How wonderful! How wonderful! Well, you know, in Georgia, we experience spring, summer, fall, and winter all in the same week, sometimes in the same day. So,
0: mm-hmm. well, it's 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 variable, and 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 uh, Georgia is beautiful. By the way, there's some parts of Georgia that are just insanely beautiful. It is a beautiful, beautiful state. And uh, Morehouse uh, has a lot going on. And of course, the Morehouse School of Medicine, uh, even more so that you're there. So why don't you level set for us? Tell us about the Morehouse School of Medicine and tell us about your role, what you do, what you oversee, and then we'll jump in with questions.
2: Absolutely. So thank you so much. Morehouse School of Medicine, where we are leading the advancement of health and equity. We're so excited about the work that we're doing, which is really improving uh, the health and well being of individuals all over, especially those people of color. So we are focused on health care, we are focused on health equity, and we are excited. I have been at Morehouse School of Medicine, I can't believe it. It's like a little over four years. So it's been amazing. Yes, amazing, amazing. It has been a journey. Uh, when I before I got to Morehouse School of Medicine, guess what? We had no online programs. No, I can believe it. We didn't have any uh, because, of course, we continued to focus on our MD and building our graduate programs. And voila, they hired me. Why they hired me? We God only knows. We'll figure that out later on. But they hired <laughs> me, and. Um, we have over the last three years grown, started our online program, grown our online program, growing our online program. So I am there as the assistant dean for online education to really think globally how we introduce people, more people, to healthcare, to health science, to data science, to public health, and making sure that we are intentional about health equity.
0: Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. There's a lot there. Um, But but, but, but before we dive into that stuff, Mm -hmm. I'd like to note, and maybe this is a, this is kind of an umbrella thing that takes place, is you were or are the woman of the year in STEM education. Um, That's A, incredible. B, tell us how that happens and what that means to you
2: so Joel, i tell you what last year it was amazing because two years ago i was also nominated i was the honoree the top 10 i made it to maybe the top three or whatnot and so i was invited back as a nomination for as a nominee this past year of 2021 and honestly, there were some amazing women in this category, executive directors, uh, CEOs, people who have been in technology for years and years and years. And so um, the the process, it, this is through women in technology. So, First of all, to be honored by other women who live and breathe technology was amazing. And the process of, of being interviewed and being talked to, met with several times, several interviews, several stages of this process to be narrowed down from 10, to be narrowed down to the top three. And then finally on that day, on that beautiful night to, to announce that I was the winner, was absolutely amazing. And what I stood on though the entire time throughout the process and even today was equity access and impact. And that is the type of work that we've got to do daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. That's the type of work that I'm focused on, equity, impact, and access. And so that was one of the most exciting moments in my life and my time just to know that fire that, that we are making an impact that we have we're focused on equity and people are having access to great uh medical or to to to, to medical education and to uh, health education. Fire fire
0: fire button for that one uh Angelita that's that's pretty incredible. And your passion comes through, and Jeffrey, I'm going to hand it to you in just a second, but your passion is coming through. Um, I could feel it. Again, I can feel it through the microphone, your passion's coming through. And I do know, and it's well-documented, and you probably have more statistics than I do, that uh, black and brown uh, folks have a less access to public health care. There's l- less pathways to health care education. There's not as many uh, 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 doctors, uh, from a, a black and brown doctors coming through the pipeline. So there's this just a movement I would say, and you know we t- you know we talked to that was really articulate about this was the president of Howard University was talking about this because he's a surgeon uh, when Wayne, uh, Wayne, and he was talking about just the inequity in uh, the different uh, sectors of our, our demographics and so on. So what what's the is that where the where the passion comes from? You need to just see these you know situations around you and and just go,'ve I've got to do something about this to
2: create the equity. Absolutely. So in 2020, 2020, right in the midst of the pandemic, one of the things that I recognize and realize less than 10 percent of the population in health informatics and biotechnology are African-American, black and brown people. And so I built what's called our summer bridge pipeline to do just that, to expose more black and brown students to this area of biotechnology. And then in 2021, um, to the area of health informatics. But what's even more alarming is less than 3% in biotechnology and or health informatics, less than 3% are in some type of executive leadership role and or on a board, sit on a board. And so those rates, as you can imagine, are alarming, especially when biotechnology is a billion trillion dollar business industry and health informatics. And so we have to understand in order to treat people of color, we have to have people of color working through the data. When we talk about data integrity and you don't have people who that look like me and others doing and working on this data, then we there's a situation. We have situation here. So yes, my passion comes from being able to make sure that more people in this industry, in these health science, healthcare industry, Look more like me, beautiful like me, of course, and brown like me. And so, it's a great opportunity for us to build that work, and that's exactly what I'm doing, and that's exactly what I'm going to continue to do. So, all of our programs are in pursuit of health equity.
1: Love it, Jeffrey. Well, well, Joe. Obviously, uh, as we were sharing before, I always give the disclosure. Uh, I love the work that Morehouse does, and obviously, I've had the the privilege of serving. On the Health Equity Task Force uh, of the Satcher Health Leadership Institute and, and also the privilege to have met Dr. Howard uh, once before. Dr. Howard, uh, obviously, congrats on your amazing STEM award again. And, and let us let us not forget to mention that not only uh, are you the award winner, but let us, let us never forget to highlight the fact that uh, for all the black and brown uh, women who can look up to Dr. Howard and realize they also can be that next winner, we've got to recognize that as well. Uh, Dr. Howard, I know you are doing amazing, trailblazing work in all of uh, various different elements of health professions. Um, can you talk to Joe and I today? I'm so you know excited to hear from you because I know you continue to launch new programs um, that are so critically needed, and you have amazing pipelines and pathways so that we truly reach the most diverse uh, students who obviously become our future scientists as well as our future healthcare leaders and clinicians. Can you talk to us about some of those exciting programs?
2: Yes, and so glad to be on the stage with you, Jeffrey. Um, Thank you for the work that you're doing and have done with Satra and will continue to do. So absolutely. In our first three years, uh, we offered, we started an Executive Master of Public Health, a Master of Science in Biotechnology, and then a Master of Science in Health Informatics. So those were our Foundational programs that we've started, we've launched, we are growing. Uh, the Master of Science and Biotechnology in its second year last year uh, received. ranked number one, number one in the country. So we're excited about that. This year, we ranked number one as the number one HBCU um, as ranked by intelligent.com. So out of 150 biotechnology programs, we've ranked number one in two, two consecutive years. Again, thanks to my team, thanks to the work that we continue to do. And so as we're moving forward, we just We just got a a, a partnership with WellPath, and I'm so excited about this. This is certainly an area that's evolving for me, but WellPath actually seeded us, helped us to start. We're starting what's called a Justice Involved Care program. So the Justice Involved Life Coach program just kicked off this past month, where it is aimed at completely reducing recidivism. Let me say that again, reducing recidivism, People are giving money for Morehouse School of Medicine to think about how do we make sure when an inmate leaves that prison or the jail that they do not go back. So I am so excited about that. It's a life coach. It is a four month program that really focuses on, and and you don't have to have a degree because what we understand, what we know from a equity standpoint, there have been people who may have lived that life or who may have been, caught up in something but they have turned their lives around and they want to also coach so you don't necessarily have to have a bachelor's degree but that moves for the ones who have a bachelor's degree and who are interested we also have a master of administration in justice involved care that's a digger a a bigger deep dive into the prison system but beyond correctional looking at health equity so just because i have a headache And Francine has a headache and we're both in, you know, jail doesn't mean that we both need Tylenol. I might need something more than Tylenol, but just because I'm behind the bars and because I am color does not mean that everyone needs a Tylenol. You may need to dig deeper and to see what I need. So that program is really my hope to uh, bring about systemic change, a systematic change within how do we treat population? How do we treat citizens? How do we treat returning citizens? How do we make sure that, again, we're reducing recidivism? On top of that, we're adding in August as well, a doctorate of health administration. I again, because we know that a lot of people who Go to the hospitals. A lot of people who don't always get the care that they need. We've got to make sure our leaders are outreaching. We've got to make sure that our healthcare leaders are equipped with the knowledge and expertise to make sure that they can talk about why people should not wait until they go to uh, the emergency room or that they should have a primary care doctor or they should understand telemedicine or telehealth and making sure that there is access, back to that access. So we are, you know, I can keep going on about our programs, but we are just excited about, and all of these are online. So you can be anywhere in the country, anywhere, and do these programs. We are, we make sure that our faculty are Uh, faculty practitioners so they are in the field they understand what's going on we have advisory boards that help us think about curriculum make sure that our students that they're not left behind because of who they are or their race or their socioeconomic background status so that when they leave our programs they are employable and employed
1: love it jeffrey keep going um, love it, Dr. Howard. You know, one of the things that I was also hoping you could talk about that I think even uh, Joe and and certainly the EDUP uh, amazing uh, listeners would find of interest as well, which I have always just been so impressed uh, upon, was your your uh, Pathways and Bridges program. And can you talk to us about that? Because we, uh, to, to your point, we can't do enough as it relates to uh, demonstrating clear, intentional pathways into all these uh, various programs that you mentioned, particularly for those uh, who we know have a lot stacked up against them. And we have to be very honest about that. And from the, from your earlier comment about diversity, equity and inclusion, we know uh, that we still have a lot more work to do in the United States of America to truly create more equity. And so can you talk about those programs? Because they are amazing and I think uh, we've got to see how we can replicate them.
2: Absolutely. So there are two programs, summer pipeline programs. One is called the Bridges to Biotech and Bioentrepreneurship. And the other one is Bridge to Health Informatics. And again, these are five week programs. I developed them specifically to expose motivated undergraduate juniors and seniors or post-baccalaureate students to both the health informatics and biotechnology industry. Because what I realized is that in undergrad most people say, I wanna be a doctor. I wanna be a doctor. Okay, well, what does that really mean? What does, and, and how do how does that line up with your grades? How does that line up with the MCAT? How does that line up with real, reality? And so, because we understand there's a, a, a huge disparity and a huge gap, there are opportunities for you to still be extremely influential in healthcare, But from a different aspect, everybody is not patient centered or patient forward. So I'm not everybody doesn't have to see a patient for to have an impact on a patient. For example, and I tell the students when we're talking to them, when we're recruiting, when we're meeting, for example, if a doctor, if someone goes in and they let's just say they break their leg or or need a cast, guess what? The doctor can do one thing. The doctor can x-ray, they can can read the x-ray or they can see the x-ray to say, oh, you've broken your leg. But where does the cast come from? Biotechnology. Where's the information for the the doctor to send for a a x-ray? Health informatics. Where's the information for um, the doctor to prescribe those drugs? So there is a holistic approach to treating patients. Holistic approach. Same thing. Diabetes. When we think about diabetes, or think about care and treatment, there is a holistic approach about the medicine. Even COVID. We're we're in the COVID. We're we're in the midst of coronavirus. COVID. Corona is biotech. It is a, the vial from the vials from the needles from the drug development all the way to through health informatics. Again. The data that we saw day day by day by the CDC or in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, again, by the CDC, all of that information, Department of Health, all of those data, the statistics, all of that information, health information, health technology, when your pharmacy uh, receives prescription, how is that information transcribed? And so the, the Summer Bridge Program does exactly that. There are small modules that students use, that students take where we have faculty come in it's virtual so they can take it from any place. But again, it's exposing them to something beyond. I want to be an MD. I'm not saying there is nothing wrong. If you want to be an MD. So if you're listening to me, don't get your hopes down and set your dreams down and say, she told me, I can't No, But what I am telling you is because we understand the facts. We see the data, how many students. And so while we are working hard to bridge students, because we know the disparity as it relates to physicians, but there are also opportunities in health informatics, in biotechnology for more people of color to go into these spaces but they have to know. They have to know. Some just didn't know. They knew they wanted biotech. They didn't realize it was biotech. They said, oh, you know, I would love to make a stint or help people with breathing uh, tubes or things of that nature. So they talk about it. And this is what, what we do. And one of the things that I love about the summer pipeline is the i methodology that we use for students to really understand the business side of it, the customer discovery phase. How do you get a a, a, a technology to market how do you pitch it so we're looking at it from an entrepreneurial aspect but even if they are working in it in an industry how do they go about building such a model so it is it's exciting it's a lot of work the students have an amazing time that i will say in our survey they do talk about the amount of work because we are giving them clear exposure in hopes that they will go to the master's program. So it is a pipeline to the master's. Many go, but some decide not to, and they they decide that they're going to work.
0: LeadSquared isn't only an enrollment CRM. It's a technology that will allow you to optimize your entire front end student life cycle by providing decision makers with real-time customizable dashboards. Forecasting, measuring, and optimizing for key activities will increase retention and revenue and LeadSquared will lower technology costs simultaneously. Not only can LeadSquared align with existing admissions processes, but the technology will also help you innovate beyond what you thought was possible. The ability to access data on your phone will keep you connected. And when you add in the world-class customer service, LeadSquared transcends being a technology. It's an experience. Check them out at leadsquared.com.
1: Well, and, and Dr. Howard, that's it's important to have a program like that, too, because for those who, you know, may not know what's truly all involved, that pathway bridges program does help them to your point that maybe they don't want to go that master's direction. And rather than go and then have to drop out uh, and have potential additional loans and such, it's so critical. And so we can't thank you enough. And, you know, the last comment I want to make before I know uh, I'm sure Joe would like to jump back in. So I'm not hogging. the. Time.
0: No, go ahead. Just keep keep taking. You just take over the episode, Jeffrey. Keep going. Don't, don't worry, I won't mute you for taking over all my time.
1: <laughs> is is really, you know, the important element of what, what you've shared here and Morehouse's uh, immense commitment and authentic, uh, not only commitment, but passion uh, for, for truly making sure that we have more equity in all aspects of our society is that, you know, to your point, Morehouse is going to help create the future Dr. Corbett's. Um, and, and you know, when we look at what Dr. Corbett uh, had uh you know, done particularly with with a Moderna vaccine. Um, it's so exciting when you think about for all the all the individuals that are in STEM that come from diverse backgrounds to be able to see you know what we know are amazing scientists who are also uh, diverse and look like look like all these future scientists. And yet we still in our system don't see enough of them. And so your points are so well noted. and, and again, thank you for you and your team for what you're doing to change that cuz cuz lord knows our society needs it.
2: Absolutely and I failed to mention that it is free. So again when we talk about training we are partnering we partner with different organizations to help grant fund this initiative uh, because again we understand that there is time there's not only time but cost associated and so we want to make sure that we reduce as many barriers as we possibly can for students.
0: You know, let's so, so let's talk about that because this is an important uh, part. These Everybody we're talking about, all these results and pipelines and really positive consequences comes with some uh, struggle. And one of the things that's being well-documented right now in higher education is that people of color, specifically Black men, are leaving the education pipeline faster and in greater numbers than other demos. Is that a concern for Morehouse? Is that, are you seeing that happen? Um, Are these programs such that, you know, you wouldn't be in it if you didn't want to do it, these medical programs, or are you just seeing, you know, retention? Is that a struggle? Is it an issue? Is it a, a focus? Talk about some of the internal conversations around retention and keeping these guys in school.
2: Yeah, you know, it it is. It it, it certainly is. And I'll give a case in the point. There was a program um, at, um, oh, it was a pipeline program at another one of our sister schools that really took the undergrad. They had a grant and it took the undergrad Uh, students who qualified and basically it would pay for their undergrad all the way through medical school there were certain gpas that they have and had to have in certain sat scores and they they could apply to the program and get full tuition from undergrad through medical school not one male applied wow not one male applied so we understand that there is certainly Uh, trouble in that area and so more you know there was initiative to to go move beyond and try to get more males to apply for that particular program and so it is it is seen uh throughout and so we're trying we're we're working constantly to understand those barriers but in in addition to those barriers we're also working uh to make sure that we're hiring more men of color men men who are examples and role models to make sure that when other guys other black men that they see what they what we know they could do the type of work that they could do we they see those type of role models for them we're also we also continue to make sure that we're creating opportunities again for exposure um even Uh, with our, some of the undergrad students who are thinking about medical school, how do we make sure that we're getting them placed? How do we make sure we're making sure that there are mentoring programs, mentoring options? And so, yes, there is, again, there's a great disparity in that, and but we're working harder and more intentional to align our efforts better at recruiting and retaining more African American men in the STEM field at large, outside of just MD, but at large.
0: Yeah, it makes the commitment to equity even you know, pressure might be the wrong word, but it makes it even that much more important when you're you're working to save this pipeline of of, uh, of black men into education, as it were, and, you know, in all in education as an, in an industry. I mean, there's just a lot of work that we all have to do as administrators to ensure that uh, that that continues to happen, and, but I do want to uh, just transition quickly into something completely unrelated to higher education, or possibly, and then come back around as we hit the second half of the episode, Angelita. And that is a, a question I like to call a curveball question. If you've listened to the Edup Experience, you may have heard it asked before. If you haven't listened to the Edup Experience before, well, it's going to put you on the spot. You ready?
2: I'm ready. Yes. There we Let's go,
0: Angelita. This is for no money. No money, unfortunately. However, I would still like to ask you the question. What's your entrance music? What's the song that plays when you step out on stage? Whether that stage is a commencement stage, a stage in your house, in your living room. uh, What's the song that would properly introduce you and why?
2: I think the song would be, I'm still alive. Sing it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So because. Fire, fire. <laughs> the reason that song is probably my intro song is because every attack or every no that I've come across, I'm still alive. I'm still moving and I'm still walking and I'm still breathing. And I'm still doing the work that I was set here to do. And that is my message to every single person, young girl, lady who looks or hear, who's hearing this uh, podcast or who who whose parent is hearing this, no is not final. No is not final. You can still do it. You can still move through the obstacles. And I tell you what, especially in a place, in, in, in any organization, you're going to have people who don't want to change. You're going to have the the guard, as some people call it, the old guard who does not want to move. They don't want to change. And everything that you do, they shoot darts at you. They put a stop sign. Yikes, the yikes. Yes, they put they don't put the yield sign. I'll be OK if they put a yield sign, but they put out the whole stop
0: full stop.
2: Hand. Yeah, they're like, like, I mean, and from the beginning. And so. If when I'm walking out, I want to hear I'm still alive because I am. And so or I can say hit me with your best shots,
0: which one you only can pick. I guess you could pick as many as you want Your songs.
2: Yes, because you didn't give me any money. I,
0: I didn't give I you any give money. money. And, and yeah, I said, what's your entrance music? I didn't say pick one song. So your entrance music could rotate. That's a it's a good uh, I like this answer.
1: Dr. Howard, just, just turn it right back on him and ask Joe what his entrance song would be. Uh, this, yes, this is, so uh, your song?
0: Je- Jeffrey, I'm, I don't know if I could have you back. You keep putting me on the receiving end of all these questions. All right, I'll answer. Uh, only because you ask. Um, I uh, would select also select two. Uh, and this is going to sound horrible, but I like protect your neck by the Wu-Tang Clan. Because I just, I like to tack. Not like to attack, you know, we wanted, we set out to be the best in the podcast business and higher education, trying to build stuff internally for, for people to attend college. So, and I always say, if you're not, if you're not moving fast, you better protect your neck because I'm going to come, you know, <laughs> I'm going to come, I'm going to come for you. And then of course, um, is, is my music. Uh, I have eighties rock and, uh, and rap are my two favorite, uh, m- musical tastes. Uh, there, there is Motley Crue, um, vibe in my body. And I would say kickstart my heart. Uh, by La Motley Crue, uh, yeah. if that resonates with the audience here. Yeah. So fast and, uh, and moving quick and trying to serve students as, as, as they need it, but also got to have energy to do what we do. Right. Woo. Angela, you got to have energy it it and, is. And you have to have energy, and this is this is a great lead-in for my next question. Oh, thank you, Jeffrey, for setting that up. I'll no, pay wait, you later. Wait,
2: before you ask your question, let's ask Jeffrey his. We can't. Oh yeah, it out, I get right? It's equity, right? Yeah. Well,
0: he's been taking over the episode. I felt like he had enough time, but I guess go let him go. Go ahead, Jeffrey.
1: I'll, I'll go with two, two. Um, I think my first would be "It's a Beautiful Day" by You Two, um, mm-hmm. because I always try to remember every day you can find some way of making it beautiful, um, and then and then my second. Uh, for all those that may listen and know Jeffrey back in the day, um, I have to go with Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-A-Lot because <laughs> I have to have a little bit of fun at some point when I'm stressed. And that's my way of having a little fun, even with a few little dancing. Uh, I,
0: love it. I, love yeah, it. I thought mine were bad, Jeffrey, but no, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that's like, good. I love kind of
2: it. First song, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And then he hits us with Baby Got Out." I just started dancing like baby got back. Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> and, and of course this is only audio here so the the crowd uh, the crowd cannot see this on YouTube unfortunately but Angelina was was busting a move. Uh, but let, speaking of busting a move, let's let's talk about barriers to entry. And you brought it up. You talk about the full stop. You talk about the yield sign. You talk about change. Four years ago, no online programs uh, at Morehouse School of Medicine. You come in. You've got to help get online programs in. Was it easy? Was it a snap of the finger? Was it? Were there significant barriers they had overcome? Tell us the story.
2: It was hell. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very... And so that was,
0: was the laugh of everybody that that was uh, when you said, hey, we're going to do online programs.
2: Exactly. And, and guess what? You have to be authentic and real. It didn't mean that hell didn't get better. But sometimes I, I think we have to be transparent and honest when you're bringing something that's completely new and you've had a place that loves what they do and the way they've done it for so many years. It's like, why are you making messing up our ecosystem? We've built this and it works. Why do you want to come in here and disrupt, innovate, and make changes? And so I began to question even myself. I began to question, was this the right place? Am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing this? I had so many questions for myself. I began to doubt what I really came for because of the barriers around change. I don't think it was the barriers of that we could or could not do it. But the fact of this is change, is new, it doesn't always feel comfortable. Um, it, it, someone is coming to take over the land. And I didn't, I wasn't coming to take over the land. I wanted to add to the land. And so anytime you're starting anything new out there uh, that's listening to us, then you, you've got to really gear your mind up, your head up and your heart For those things that may come against or adversary, or the pushbacks that you may receive. And so you've got to reset in your head, reset in your mind. Why am I here? What is my goal? What is my purpose? What is the reason why I've decided that this is the path that we're going? And how do I partner with our internal stakeholders to help them understand the value? The value, the value proposition, the value in what we're doing and how they could be an asset to, we talk about buy-in all the time, but how can they be an asset to the work or at least learn about the work so that they're not disrupted by it or upset by it, or by, they feel that it's going to take over like zombies.
0: Oh man, I, all that resonates with me, right? Because I've faced the same things in my career. And you know what's the hard part is that it's taxing on the change driver and less taxing on the change preventer. It's easy to just go, no, no, no. And so much harder to try to find pathways to convince because you're changing hearts and minds as a driver of change. And we've seen that, right? We've seen that in the online space. A number of colleges have added online, many, many by force due to coronavirus. So this is pre CV, as it were, as you. Uh, entered into the online space and helped Moorhead get there um, so I can imagine that the change the change uh culture change was even harder right because it wasn't forced
2: it it wasn't it wasn't forced it was um, it was yes it was it was for, before right so but then since we've been in the corona space I think it's almost like God, I think you were smiling on me. I mean, not that God, I, I don't want to say that God was smiling on the corona or whatever. Not, not, not that I'm trying to make this into a religious thing, but certainly that everybody had to go online. There was no, so you didn't have a choice. There was, you, you had no option. We had to all be in a virtual online space, which I think uh, because we had started the work and people were understanding it a little bit better, a little bit more, that even though the, there were people, of course, that still kind of, you know, we struggled to get there, but I think had an appreciation. And I, I'm hoping even so now people have more appreciation than than maybe years before for online learning and that it is work, You still have to work. You don't get to just go to sleep and do your work. And hopefully there's more value value to what we do and the work that we do. And people uh, understand and respect online learning more than they did years ago.
0: Love that. Jeffrey, you have any more questions for Dr. Howard before we hit the final two?
1: Um, Not necessarily a question, but but I do think, Joe, we we need to uh, commend and salute Dr. Howard because um, As we all know, there's going to be other individuals that are going to listen to this and they're going to say, oh, my gosh, I'm going through the same exact situation uh, that Dr. Howard went through, Uh, even though, you know, the pandemic has forced people to be online. We know there are still more traditionalists in higher education uh, than we care to to continue to have Um, while we value them. You know, we also know that that you got to respond to the changing needs of business and industry. And particularly when you're dealing with systemic issues, it's more important than ever, which obviously Morehouse has always been on the solution end of dealing with that. And so I think we just want to also call that out because uh, Dr. Howard's determination, her passion, uh, and really her sincere commitment to see it through and make it happen is profound. Because when you look at how many programs have been added in a very short period of time, and, and let's just say it, she's not just adding programs to add programs. She's actually adding programs that, that support critical workforce uh, and needs. That's truly what higher education should always be doing. And so I, I just want to make sure that we say that. 100%.
0: That was an agreement from the crowd, uh, Angelina. And we, we, we like to ask our guests the same two questions to so close out every episode. Number one, what uh, did we miss about the Morehead School of Medicine that you want to say anything about your work, events you're going to attend, uh, somewhere you're going, a new program that's coming out. Anyway, plug away. And number two, what do you see as the future of higher education?
2: That was a great question. So thank you. I, I, I have talked about our online program. I do want to salute our team, our school, especially our online program team, because I can have a vision, write it and do all of those things, but without execution, nothing happens. So I am so very thankful for our team. I'm so very thankful for our president who continues to cheer, be a cheerleader for the work that we're doing and understand the value uh, which makes things certainly go and move uh, in the way that they should. Always, people can find us on msm.edu forward slash online to see the programs. The great thing about new programs, a lot of times you have money, startup money for scholarships, hint, hint. So if people are interested in any of the programs that we have, we do have scholarships available because we are intentional about creating space for people to learn about health equity and really drive that force. And, um, you know, I'm excited. I really am excited. There's a Beyond Flexner conference coming up in a couple uh, in in about a month or so, month and a half, that I will be uh, speaking about the justice involved and why I'm really excited about that. I mean, I'm excited about the HIMSS conference and other technology things that, that I'm doing, but I'm excited about the justice involved because really this is a new space for me. So, sure, I've had, you know, family members impacted by the justice system. Sure, I you know, I've known people work with the share of work with different entities, but not in a deep dive educational sense. So I'm kind of nervous, but I'm hyped up at the same time to really talk to more people in this space about how to build and how to really grow, think about justice-involved care and what that looks like. I am extremely excited. This this has been amazing. I'm thankful. You all can follow me on Instagram, Angelita Howard. You can follow me on Facebook. Sometimes I'm interesting, sometimes I'm not. I do sing. So sometimes I'll post a song like for Christmas, I posted on my LinkedIn, well, throughout my social media, because I think just because of the corona, I think people needed some some peace, some love, some joy, so something good. So I did post some songs. So if you all see some music, then you'll see that. But certainly, um, I'm always happy to talk to educators, leaders about The work that I do, the work that we do, because I want to make a systemic or systematic change. And the only way that we're doing that is that people should be doing the same thing or certainly emulating some of the work that we're doing to create bridge health equity. So thank you. I think I answered your question.
0: And Yeah. And the future of higher ed. What do you see as the future of higher ed?
2: The future of higher ed. I see continuous AI machine learning. I mean, I'm talking about, we're going to be, do y'all remember the Jetsons or am I dating myself?
0: No, I'm come on now. Of course. I remember the Jetsons (laughs) flying car, come right up to get get fast food right at the window. Yeah,
2: exactly. So we're about 75% of the Jetsons. If you remember the walkways, if you remember the, all of the technology that was thought about then, I I think where we are, the future of education institutions have to reconsider how they educate people. People right now, if you think about the workforce, um, people are leaving jobs left and right if they're not given remote options. So if they want remote options work from home, and I'm not talking about temporarily, I'm talking about permanently, they want remote options. So we've got to train people in a remote setting. We've got to uh, make sure that people are getting pipeline programs because they may not have the money if, if if we're not going to fund higher education then we've got to create opportunities for them through pipeline through grant processes um but the future the continuous future of education is 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 highly technical there are we we're we're not going to have to drive ourselves to the car we are uh, to the store we know that so there are opportunities for us to grow learn and engage um it, it, we, but we've got to continue to put the resources in and continue to be flexible in our thinking and our knowledge, and allow students, people who come to us, these I think we're we're no longer millennial, Gen Z, the Gen Z and millennials, to to give us ideas and to and and listen and learn from those ideas and go forward. We can mess it up, we'll start over or try something different. But we have to we have to. Engage them where they are, help them help us think about the future and be ready to move forward.
0: Oh, I love it. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another incredible, you know, what makes these episodes so good is the guest. I mean, when we have somebody that's, that's absolute passion and fire, like Enchelita, like you are, it makes these episodes so good. I want to first thank my guest co-host today, Jeffrey Roche. He's senior vice president at Dignity Health. Jeffrey, thanks for coming on,
1: man having me and, and always good to always good to see you joe as well as dr howard thank you
0: and our guest today is fire her name is dr angelita howard she's assistant dean for online education and expanded programs at the morehouse school of medicine angelita it has been an honor and i mean it to listen to you talk and to let your passion fly thank you for coming on the Edup experience today
2: Thank you Joe, thank you Jeffrey, it's been amazing. Thank you Morehouse School of Medicine for the opportunity. I am excited. Thank you so much. Add up experience.
0: There you have it guys. You've just up. The lead squared integrated CRM functionality will put your institution at the front end of marketing and enrollment strategy by delivering a streamlined admissions process capture student interest, segment your audience, create student engagement workflows, and even integrate with your student information system to create longitudinal key performance metrics you've always wanted. You can do all of this and lower your technology costs. Check out Leadsquare.com for more info.